Hi folks, welcome back. And if this is the week of Thanksgiving, then this is the Dell. Our politicians today receive plenty of criticism. Uh, we, we think some of them are silly. We think some are dishonest. We wonder how some even got elected at all. Too often we find ourselves voting for the person we dislike the least, just because they're our candidate. Why can't we vote for the person we most admire? Why don't they ever make it to the general election? Taking it old school a bit here, but Plato, one of the most influential philosophers of all time, actually spoke about this some 2,000 years ago. He said, and I quote, The truth is that the city where those who rule are least eager to do so will be the best governed. We know today that our, our politicians are often way too eager to grandstand, to campaign, to even lie, just to get elected. Some elections cost millions of dollars. Others cost billions. In fact, the 2020 presidential race alone, clicking in at $6.6 billion in spending, costs more than the entire 2016 election. It costs more than every House race, every Senate race, and even the epic Hillary-Trump battle combined. Now, do I think Joe Biden was eager to be president? Meh, maybe a little. Do I think Donald Trump was eager to be president? Hell yeah. But it doesn't stop there. We're now just electing the people who raise the most money, whether they suck or not. And it's gotten us some pretty crappy results. Congress can't pass the most basic of bills with bipartisan support. Issues like expanded voting rights or regulating prescription drug prices. For some folks, those are calls to war. And now I'm going to profile some of the suckiest politicians that we have in the United States of America. The folks who have aided and abetted this dysfunction. First up could, and perhaps should, be Trump. But eh, you guys already know him well enough. I want to talk about some of our other favorites. Mitch McConnell, aka the Grim Reaper, aka Moscow Mitch, aka Midnight Mitch, could be the winner of Suckiest Senator. First elected to the Senate from Kentucky in 1984, McConnell has held office for nearly four decades and is now the longest serving Republican in Senate history. Here are just a few highlights from McConnell's career. In the midst of the Vietnam War, McConnell enlisted in the U.S. Army Reserve, but avoided combat. His former boss, Senator John Sherman Cooper, sent a letter to the general in command at Fort Knox, notifying him that McConnell was anxious to enroll at NYU. Only problem, McConnell never enrolled at NYU. McConnell's goal during the Obama administration was to deny President Obama a second term. In other words, he blocked bills and appointments whenever possible, and then blamed Obama for lack of progress. Which brings us to one of McConnell's biggest victories shifting the courts to the right. Following the death of Supreme Court Justice Antonin Scalia in 2016, McConnell famously blocked the appointment of Merrick Garland, a recognized moderate judge with bipartisan support, to fill the seat. He said that we could never possibly put someone on the court in an election year. There was never even a confirmation hearing or a vote on Garland's appointment. This seat was later filled by Neil Gorsuch during the subsequent Trump presidency. Following the death of Justice uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, McConnell rushed the appointment of Amy Coney Barrett in just 30 days, the shortest period ever for a Supreme Court justice nomination. 
And guess when that happened? During an election year, after millions of folks had already voted. Thanks to McConnell, Republicans have solidified a 6-3 conservative majority on the court for years to come. Most recently, McConnell has been caught in the act of flip-flopping on the debt ceiling. Let's listen to his hypocrisy over the years. I think the, the debt ceiling legislation is a time that brings us all together. In the case of the debt limit, we need to act quickly given the new uncertainty from the large costs of storm recovery. Secretary of the Treasury, the, Senator Schumer and I had a good meeting this morning in my office to discuss the raising of the debt ceiling, which we all know will need to be done uh, sometime in the next uh, month or so, and we're going to be looking for a way forward uh, to do that together to make sure America uh, continues to never, ever uh, default. It's time that we got serious on a bipartisan basis to try to work this out and not have the kind of chaos that goes along with our inability to come together on these kind of important issues. You may or may not recall, I said that during the years when I was the leader of the minority in the Senate. Uh, I don't think there's any chance we'll allow the country to default. And now, here is McConnell in September, refusing to vote for something he has supported 32 times in the past. Republicans are united in opposition to raising the debt ceiling, not because it doesn't need to be done. So I want to make sure everybody clearly understands this. The last time the debt ceiling was raised, it was done on a bipartisan basis in conjunction with an overall CAPS agreement. And that debt ceiling increase covers basically what we did last year. This year is unique. And as you all know, I've been here a while. I've never seen such an effort to expand the reach of the federal government like we've been confronted with this year through not just one reconciliation process, but apparently yet another. So if they want to do all of this on a partisan basis, they have the ability and the responsibility to ensure that the federal government not default, and they will have to take care of that. Senator McConnell is an operator at his core, an operator who has the Republican Party's interests in mind ahead of all else. Mitch McConnell, you really, really suck. Next up, another beauty, Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina. I don't know how this man got elected in the first place, but he was just miraculously re-elected last year. And while there's a lot of reasons why Lindsey Graham sucks, perhaps his biggest one is his flip-flopping on Trumpism. You know, that cancer erupting through the Republican Party right now? Here's some of Lindsey's greatest hits. He's a race-baiting, xenophobic, religious bigot. No, I don't think he's a xenophobic, race-baiting, religious bigot as president. He doesn't represent my party. He doesn't represent the values that the men and women who wear the uniform are fighting for. Mr. President, thank you for being the best commander-in-chief since Ronald Reagan. I think he's a kook. I think he's crazy. I think he's unfit for office. You know what concerns me about the American press is this endless, endless attempt to label the guy as some kind of kook, uh, not fit to be president. Donald Trump is the most unelectable Republican I've seen in my lifetime. You are going to kick their ass in November. Oh, my Lindsay, my Lindsay. Senator Graham, you also really, really suck. 
2010, Wisconsin voters elected the now senior member Ron Johnson to the United States Senate. He campaigned for the Senate, running on the position that he was a businessman who wanted to bring his time in the private sector to Washington. Before this, Johnson, like his friend and former president, Trump, had no political experience at all before launching his inaugural campaign. From the start, Johnson has opposed ideas such as universal health care and has supported immigration reform, ideas that aligned with his involvement with the Tea Party, a conservative movement who promotes uh, outsider candidates instead of establishment Republicans. This was their way of taking down big government. But what makes Ron Johnson really suck? Johnson has repeatedly contradicted himself on several occasions about important political and social issues, including climate change. In 2010, Johnson spoke on his views of climate change to a Wisconsin radio station during his campaign, saying, My statements are consistent. I am not a climate change denier. This is what he had to say earlier this year to a group of donors at a private luncheon. I don't know about you guys, but I think climate change is, as Lord Moncton said, okay? Um, and by the way, it is. Johnson mouthed BS when referring to his opinion on climate change. It's no surprise that his stances on abortion and vaccines contradict one another as well. Johnson has a 100% voting record in favor to the National Right to Life movement, which comes with a history of voting against women's health care, including his support for banning abortions after 20 weeks. He claims that things would be, quote, just fine with a reversal of Roe versus Wade, as it, quote, wouldn't be a huge threat to women's health. Or saying that if one doesn't like the abortion laws in their state, all they have to do is simply move. Johnson had this to say about abortion rights during his 2016 re-election campaign. On women's health, um, you have a 100% rating uh, from National Right to Life. Your opponent has a 0% rating. Uh, compare your position on abortion, birth control, and funding of Planned Parenthood. Well, I'm, I'm absolutely for birth control. I actually co-sponsored a bill to allow women to purchase birth control over the counter. So again, a lot of claims to the contrary are completely false. I support birth control. That's a, that's a good way of family planning, no doubt about it. I happen to believe life begins at conception, but I also believe in, in the exceptions. You know, I'm, I'm not going to impose that. So you know, from my standpoint, it's just a very personal, personal choice. Uh, I, I certainly didn't run for office uh, on the social issues. I'm, I'm really trying to concentrate on the economic issues trying to create greater opportunity, but you run for an office like this, you have to tell people what you believe. What about funding for Planned Parenthood? I certainly agree with the Hyde Amendment that no American taxpayer's money should go toward uh, things like abortion, that they find themselves morally wrong. So there's, there's certainly want to uh, fund women's health issues, uh, well, will, will, uh, women's health clinics, but we just should not be funding abortions. I, I, there's no reason for doing that. This is what he had to say about COVID vaccines in 2021. Their natural immunity is probably as if not more effective than the vaccinated immunity. Have chosen not to get the vaccine. That's their right. You may not agree with that, but it's not your body. It's not your right to impose on someone else a mandate to take the vaccine. It's not your body. It's not your right to impose. No man. Does anyone want to tell him? Ron Johnson has been peddling vaccine conspiracies throughout this past year, even recently hosting a panel for those who claim to have been harmed from taking the vaccine and claiming that vaccinated individuals are the ones perpetuating the pandemic. He even promoted hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, 
a horse tranquilizer, both unapproved by any medical agency, to protect against COVID-19. On Tucker Carlson's show in, in October, frankly, the reasons why Ron Johnson sucks could go on forever. It seems like every week this man is claiming some new conspiracy or using his political power to harm the American people with his choices. This last quote I will leave you with is one that really speaks for itself on just how much Ron Johnson sucks. Here's his position on the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol. By and large, it was, it was all it was peaceful protests, except for you know, there, there were a number of people, basically agitators, that uh, whipped the crowd and, and breached the Capitol. And uh, you know th that's really the truth of what's happening here. Given the pushback you've seen, do you regret saying it? No. In a new interview with yeah, 12 I'm News, Senator Ron Johnson I'm not saying. backing down from comments last week. And those were tens of thousands of Black Lives Matter and Antifa protesters. I might have been a little concerned. Comments about the January 6th riots, thrusting Wisconsin's Republican senator into the national spotlight again. Can you see how people, and I guess especially some in the African-American community, would think that there were racial undertones to your comments? No, th th there were no racial undertones in my comments. So I, I know the left is exploiting that. But but there weren't. This this is about riots. Johnson is under intense scrutiny. Of course, a racist is going to say that they're not racist. The fact that he's defending his comment and playing the victim shows that he is who he is. Also accused of peddling conspiracy theories about the January 6th violence. I was just explaining why I did not feel threatened on January 6th. I never did. I was just telling the truth. As tonight, the state's senior senator contemplates whether to seek re-election next year in a purple battleground state so deeply divided. By and large, take a look at my record. It's pretty solid. I'm accurate. I'm careful. I tell the truth. But there's just those are truths that the left doesn't want to hear. And so again, they use the Saul Alinsky technique, attack, try and destroy. Can you win re-election in Wisconsin? Again, if I decide to run, I, 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 would, I would think I could win, sure. Ron Johnson and any candidate really should be disqualified from running for office for support of uh, the January 6th insurrection. That's insane. That he would compare it with a Black Lives Matter protest and infer that he felt safer with insurrectionists is disgusting. Needless to say, Ron Johnson, you really, really suck. And now we're off to Nikki Haley. You may remember her from the glory days of the Trump administration, where from 2017-2019, she was the U.S. ambassador to the U.N. Before that, she was the first female governor of South Carolina. She was once even considered the darling of the Republican Party. Why does Nikki Haley suck? Well, we'll let her explain in her own words. Did you ever have any doubt about the fitness of this president to I serve? I never did. Donald Trump is everything I taught my children not to do in kindergarten. Any question about his truthfulness, his ability to tell the truth? I taught my two little ones. You don't lie and make things up. I never had any concern on whether he could handle the job and ever. A man Liar. who has filed for bankruptcy four times. In every instance that I dealt with him, he was truthful, he listened. A man that chooses not to disavow the KKK, that is not a part of our party, that's not who we want as president, we will not allow that in our country. He was great to work with. What does it do to one's soul to flip-flop like that? Like really, how, how does one do that? 
In all seriousness, Haley is an election denier, a Trump flip-flopper, and one of the few to bounce from Trump's cabinet, relatively unscathed. In October 2018, Haley announced that she was resigning as UN ambassador and joined Boeing's board of directors the following year. She later left after objecting to the company's decision to seek a federal government bailout during the COVID-19 pandemic. Today, Haley is a self-avowed anti-Trumper, at least for now, until she flip-flops later. In an interview with Politico earlier this year, Haley lashed out at President Trump saying he had disappointed the GOP. She urged Republicans to acknowledge how far he let us down. But don't be mistaken, she's no better today than she was yesterday. She compromised on her so-called values for years and has floated the 2024 GOP presidential run, only cementing how much she's used political institutions to her benefit and to all of our detriment. Nikki Haley, you really suck. Next up, personal favorite, good old Ted Cruz. You didn't think we could make this list without him. When you think of the worst politicians, <laughs> Ted Cruz is often at the top of the list, especially after his winter storm debacle that happened earlier this year, where if you need a refresher, Cruz and his family escaped to Cancun, Mexico, where while the, the power grid in Texas was failing and people were freezing and dying in their homes. He said, and I quote, I'm also a senator and working hard to fight for the state of Texas, end quote. While at the airport, as he escaped the state he claims to represent, can't forget the reason that power grid failed in the first place, and that's because Republicans wanted to avoid federal regulation by being energy independent. Did you also know Ted Cruz blocked a Senate resolution honoring the late Ruth Bader Ginsburg? His reasoning for blocking this resolution, in honor of one of the most influential people in our country's history, was that it was partisan, because her dying wish was that her Supreme Court replacement not be chosen until after the 2020 election. RBG knew that uh, the Republican Party was a bunch of hypocrites who will always do what benefits them. Ted's despicable actions of turning her dying wishes against her is disappointing, but not surprising, unfortunately. There was a disturbing Nazi salute at an Ohio school board meeting in response to following a new mask guideline. This incident made it into a Department of Justice memo that outlined a rise in intimidation and violence towards educators. And when it came time to discuss it at a Senate hearing, Ted Cruz actually defended the Nazi salute. I did a quick count just sitting here. During this hearing, I counted 20 incidents cited. Of the 20, 15 on their face are nonviolent. They involve things like insults. They involve a Nazi salute. That's one of the examples. My God, a parent did a Nazi salute at a school board because he thought the, the, the policies were oppressive. General Garland is doing a Nazi salute at an elected official. Is that protected by the First Amendment? Yes, it is. Now it is true that the act of doing the Nazi salute is legally protected as free speech. It's completely besides the point. This judiciary hearing was to cover the rising hate in America with respect to educators being bullied and harassed. Ted Cruz just gave instigators a thumbs up. And I suppose more will give their stupid, petty, absolutely worthless... Nazi salutes. Ted Cruz, you, you suck on a whole different level. Last but not least, we have a Democrat who's made the list, West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin. And while he's not nearly like the Republican senators on this list, he's surely doing his best imitation. With Democrats having just 50 votes in the Senate, every senator has outsized influence, and no one has used that more than Joe Manchin. 
Most recently on the infrastructure bill, it's it's been hard to keep track of where Manchin stands. Most important thing, do an in big infrastructure. Spend two, three, four trillion dollars over a ten-year period on infrastructure. You want to put everybody back to work? There's a lot of a lot of people that lost their jobs. That those jobs aren't coming back. They need a place to work to make a living. Every state can start infrastructure programs. I do not want to add more debt on. So if that's one trillion or one and a half or two trillion, whatever that comes out to be over a ten-year period, that's what I would be voting for. So if you throw another two, three, four trillion dollars. You know, we might have a hard time with a tax code. The adjustments that I believe need to be made. Four to six trillion. You're not going with that. I don't think I could ever get there to that. It's clocked in at about three point five trillion dollars. Yeah. Um, you've expressed some concerns about that cost. Is it the cost or is it paying for it that you? Uh... Well, they're saying it's all paid for. Now, if it's all paid for, you look at it in a different light. OK, there's a lot of great things in there. Are you a hard no? On the 3.5? Yes. yes. Okay. Is there a number you can support? I haven't looked at that, that, because you know why? They won't look at it responsibly and reasonably for a, a tax code. Do you have a ceiling? I, my ceiling is this, the need of the American people. I've never been a liberal in any way, shape, or the form. I'm not asking them to change. I'm willing to come from zero to one five. Democrats eventually got the infrastructure bill passed, and it wasn't the $3 trillion bill like Joe Manchin first advocated for. He got that number down to 1.2 trillion. Manchin has also blocked the expansion of voting rights. He's blocked raising taxes on the wealthy. He's blocked paid family leave. He's blocked in the, an expansion of clean electricity. Senator Joe Manchin, I, I gotta be honest with you. You suck. And I'd like to include an honorable mention for Kirsten Cinema, Democratic Senator from Arizona. She's been right with Manchin when blocking all of these things. She also sucks. Our crop of politicians today are strange. It's, it's almost like they're fighting for failure. It's almost as if they're eager to torpedo progress. Plato argues that philosophers would make the best rulers. Furthermore, he says those who are mean-spirited are also unfit to rule. How can they possibly do what's right for their people if they do not care for them? So what should we do? We should vote. Next year, we have midterm elections that could literally make each and every one of these people irrelevant. Thanks for tuning in. Happy Thanksgiving. I'll see you all next week. This is The Delve.